0: Welcome back to another episode of Hanson Athletics Radio. This is Coach Darren, your host. Today, on episode 27, we have a guest by the name of Jessica Isaacs. I'm really excited about this one, folks. She is a sports dietitian at UCLA and also has past experience working for the Mamba Academy. So, if you're not familiar with the Mamba Academy, just think about Kobe Bryant and the excellence he, excellence he strove for and then put that into a sports performance type of facility okay so she's worked with hundreds and thousands of athletes she currently works with athletes she also works with general population in her own uh, company but what you need to know is she brings us some no bullshit real advice on nutrition not only for my youth athletes that i'm going to encourage to listen to this but also for the parents and how they can Help assist with nutrition and fueling for performance, and how it might be a little bit different than what they see on social media or the trends that they hear about and try. Okay. We're going to dive into the specifics of that, what you should avoid, what you should try to do. And then we're also going to take a little bit of a short time to talk about, um, especially with female athletes, but also males, the uh, hormone issues that can start to occur from undereating and overexercising or overpreparing without fueling correctly, and taking care of themselves. So this episode is packed with a ton of information. Please grab your notebook, grab your pen, write it down. Uh, After the episode, take the time to leave a review, ask any questions you have. But from there, we'll let you kind of dive into this and enjoy the episode today. So go ahead, Jessica.
1: Awesome. So um, thank you for having me be here, first of all. Uh, My name is Jessica Isaacs. Like you said, I'm a sports dietitian. I've been a sports dietitian for a few years now, working a lot with – Um, Currently, I'm at UCLA working with their basketball teams. Uh, Prior to that, I was at Mamba Sports Academy, Kobe Bryant's training center, uh, working with athletes of all ages from youth to professional. And I also have a private practice where I work a lot with high school athletes, also some middle school athletes and college athletes as well. Um, I got into nutrition after kind of going all the wrong ways and doing all the wrong things myself. Um, And so I really became passionate about wanting to help others understand nutrition and understand how nutrition can heal, how nutrition can help them perform, reduce their injury risk, and just become all around better people.
0: Awesome. So Wow. So Mamba Academy, so you're basically the shit. So you're, I mean, you've got some great experience, yeah. uh, a background. Awesome. That's, that's, I didn't, I had no idea. So I didn't see that on your uh, social media or anything. And so that's, that's a really awesome Background to have. So uh you talk about um on your Instagram where people can follow you, and we'll get into that later, but you talk about challenging diet culture. So maybe dive in a little bit to what that means to you, or maybe even some common things you see that you just can't stand.
1: Sure. So there's just so much nutrition misinformation out there, first of all. I mean, everybody eats, everybody has an opinion on it, and not all the opinions are right. <laughs> um, but the problem is, is that there's a the diet culture and the supplement industry. They, there's a lot of money behind it, um, and there's a lot of money in weight loss, right? But athletes see all the same information, and athletes, like for for the most part, this information doesn't apply to athletes. These are for like regular humans, and I consider athletes superhuman. So when we pick up on these like carbs are bad ideas, or we should do keto diets, or intermittent fasting, all these things that. Our kind of fad diets and in, in the normal diet culture, start of applying it to an athlete's, it can run, uh, run us into all sorts of problems, disordered eating, um, injuries, just not performing like we should, and just really not knowing how to distinguish between information that's appropriate for them and information that's just for other people, and then information that's just kind of garbage and <laughs> for nobody whatsoever. So my big thing is I want to make some noise. I'm um, in the industry. I want, I want people to hear credible voices, um, above the, the, uh, diet culture kind of nonsense.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So real quick, I'm going to bring up something I was going to leave for them, but this kind of led us into it. So, uh, I've noticed that you're really, you know, you said you want to make some noise, connect with people that age, and I've noticed you're really utilizing reels and TikToks, mm-hmm. and, and kind of making them humorous, um, which is awesome because, you know, sometimes, you know, I haven't, even, I haven't really dove into that as well yet. And I think uh, that's a unique approach to doing it. Have you, since you've been doing that um, since both those are fairly new, have you seen the ability to reach kind of that population a little bit better than before?
1: Huge, huge increase. Um, so prior to that, I was just primarily just focusing on Instagram and a lot of my followers were other dietitians. Um, strength and conditioning coaches, personal trainers, that sort of thing. But I really wasn't breaking into the actual target audience, like getting in front of those athletes. People that maybe had heard of me, that I'd worked with, or something like that, would follow me. But I really wasn't tapping into them, and I had to find out where are those, where are they at, where are the athletes hanging out at? And the younger athletes, they're on TikTok, they're and and they're watching reels. You have to, I guess, you, you have to find a way to pivot and adapt your message so that you're in your target co- your target client, your target person, your target population, hear it. And so um, since I started making these videos, trying to make them educational, but also entertaining, I've got a huge, huge increase in um, young people, young athletes, really starting to question kind of the messages they're hearing. Also on TikTok, really prevalent, all sorts of like crap information as well. So, you know, it's, re- I think it's really important to have these voices. Um, people like Yourself as well, like people that have the, the qualifications and experience to really help athletes should be in the places um, where they're hearing false information or not so great information to to, to give them something else, you know something, something to follow. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it's been a, a great little creative outlet for me, but ultimately, it's I think it's really making an impact. Um, I get messages all the time from young athletes that have been steered wrong and that are starting to kind of question things. And I, I love that. I love that.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. Because I think that's the direction I need to take it as well Is because we get kind of frustrated with like, hey, we're trying to put all this good information, but it's just not getting to the right people, right? So at the end of the day, it's got to be entertaining and on the platforms that they actually are engaging with, I guess. So which makes me feel old that Instagram is like one that's not as, 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 uh, engaging for that age group now.
1: <laughs> it's but, true. They still hang out there sometimes, but it's, it's not in the same ways. Yeah.
0: Times. Yeah. So let's dive into, you, you kind of hit a little bit on, on some things already with the, the diet culture question, but let's mm-hmm. go into maybe like two or three things specifically you see really consistently with, uh, that eight, like, let's say, you know, 13, let's say high school aged athletes.
1: Yeah. So a big one, you know, everybody always is interested in weight loss um, and, and usually for not great. It, it it comes from different places, right? So different, there's different reasons why people want to lose weight or why they feel like they have to be a certain weight. Um, we look at like things like BMI, which is just not a really good thing to go on for athletes at all. Um, but we have these standards. The thing is, it's like weight doesn't equate to performance. And so when we're on this quest of weight loss, especially when we're an in season and an athlete, or we're trying to perform at our best, those things just don't match up. We can't lose weight and perform at our best simultaneously. And also we need to look at like, why do we want to lose weight? Where is that motivator coming from? Um, An athlete can look like, Anything, you know, there's, there's no particular one size for an athlete, no one size for an athlete in a particular sport, or even a particular position, like bodies range. And and I think more and more becoming uh, accepting of um, what your body can do and what it can do for you, and not what it necessarily putting all the stock and what it looks like. That's a huge one um, carbs, carbs are demonized everywhere. Carbs are so essential for athletes. Um, and when I, when I give an athlete like a number, a number of grams of carbs, they should be eating per day. If they're training five, six days a week at a heavy load, um, it blows their mind It blows their mind how much I'm telling them they should eat because it's so far from what they've heard and what they've been doing. Um, and so that's a big one. It's just, you know, carb fear is, is everywhere. Um, I think it's just really misunderstood how we could really use carbs for their fuel, their energy. It's our, it's our energy nutrient. Um, the longer and harder we're training, the more of a load that we have on our body, the more carbs we need to fuel it so that we can perform optimally. And then the last one's probably like the freaking keto diet. Hate it. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> it's terrible. Don't do it. <laughs> it's, it's, we don't have we ha- don't have long-term studies on it, only on like children with epilepsy. It was used as like a medical nutrition thing back in the day and still is. Um, sorry, my dog here. Oh, you're terrifying. <laughs> Um, But now it's being more and more used in athletic populations. And the research has consistently shown that you can, if you're doing it absolutely best, at the, the way that you're supposed to do it, you can at best match performance. Um, but there's things like there's, there's certain athletes in which it just is a mismatch completely. Again, it goes back to, is it a weight loss thing? Is it trying to perform better? Um, but the answer is that keto is not going to get you to perform better. And the weight loss you're going to lose on something like keto is only temporary too. It's fleeting. Um, so those are probably the big ones that I see just kind of out there being talked about all the time that I wish we could really just kind of get over.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one thing I took from that too, and what I see a lot at the gym is, um, you know, our kids first come in and they might've been okay, you know, in their sport, uh, got away with it at lower intensities when they're younger, but they come in and let's say we do something uh, not even really intense. We'll do like a couple sprints on the true form. And uh, I mean, the first couple of times they're like ready to puke, they're out of gas and they don't have the ability to kind of, go do intense intervals uh whatsoever. And a lot of the time it's our females. And then we start to dive into, you know, what have you been like, let's even talk about what you ate today, the day before, the day before that. And we're just finding over and over and over again, it's typically undereating. Even with our males, like that's what right now what I see the most is uh like you mentioned, people are just under eating in general because they just are kind of scared. Maybe they don't have the information they don't understand they see all this stuff so then the thing that makes sense to them is just if i eat less i'm going to look better do you see that a lot
1: so i would say like 90 to 95% of the athletes that i've worked with are are underfueling they're just not getting in enough energy not getting enough calories for the type of Um, training that they're doing and sometimes it's not the right nutrients not the right combination of nutrients um the timing is off or or all of the above it's it's hard you know as an athlete especially if you're like in school as well you've got a lot of things to juggle you've got you've got schoolwork you've got homework you've got other commitments and you've got sport you've got your 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 lifts and you've got your practices And you've got your games. You've got so much going on, but as an athlete, we really have to prioritize nutrition in order to perform at our best and to achieve those goals that we have, um, as well as to stay injury free. If we're not getting enough calories, we're not getting enough enough energy overall. We're setting ourselves up for injuries, and these could be like small ones, or these can be ones that could the career enders for us, sports career enders for us. So it's really important that we, we kind of learn what we need to do as athletes and prioritize nutrition and figure out what works best for us, but figure out how to get enough in each day.
0: Yeah. And one thing I want to highlight for my listeners is this is a high level nutritionist telling you that maybe 5% of the people she talks to, she needs to make eat less. Right. Mm -hmm. So that that's a big thing for people to realize is uh, odds are you are under fueling. I mean, for a majority of people and, uh, there's a better way to do it rather than just eat less. Right. Um, so let's, let's take this perspective. I know you work with a lot of college athletes, so the parents thing isn't as much of an influence, but for our population, you know, we have a lot of parents that will listen to this, that will uh, try to take something from this on how they can help assist in the house with the kids. Uh, do you have some tips for, uh, you know, parents, even when it comes to what type of food to have, uh, what to focus on, or um, maybe even, how to frame their conversations about nutrition with their kids.
1: Sure. So I see parents kind of all over the map, um, on, you know, some parents are are helping and supporting their athletes really well. And other ones really they're, they're, they're getting that diet culture and then misinformation that they've heard or maybe things that they've tried in their life. Um, and they're applying that to their kids, um, kind of incorrectly. And I also see some parents that they're, I don't feel like they're doing it intentionally, but they're, creating disordered relationships with food with their children by some of the, the messaging that they're sharing so you know maybe you shouldn't eat that it's going to cause you to gain weight those these kind of messages are, are not helpful messages as a parent um, and they need to be framed differently especially when we're talking about like high school age kids. Um, They're at a a time right there where they're just really um, impressionable and it's really easy for them to fall into like disordered eating and eating disorder um, traps if we are putting a hyper, hyper focus on nutrition. So it might be just like, you know, working with your kid to kind of like outline, all right, we need to have you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner—three meals a day. Um, I use a performance plate method, where like on every plate, we want to see some sign kind of kind of starches and grains. We want to see some sort of protein, and we want to see color, which is fruits and vegetables. And the how much goes on the plate will really depend on what training looks like. But as a parent, you know, just getting those three things on your kid's plate—if your kid hates vegetables and you cannot get them to eat vegetables—I would say keep trying, um, because kids' taste buds do change so much throughout their lives. Keep trying, trying different ways of preparation. We only get fruit on plate. We need to get some form of vitamins and minerals there. That's okay. Um, another thing that parents can, you know, can do to encourage their kids is just um, is working with their kids to understand um, the timing, you know, if we're going to practice, you know, we need to have a snack, what are those snacks going to be, but let your kid make some of the decisions too. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach. It doesn't have to be like completely like I like the word clean. I hate the word clean. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in clean eating. Um, I believe in balance, right? kids are young and when we're athletes, we can handle a lot. We can have some processed foods and, and, and do well still. And in fact, like sometimes processed foods, foods that are more convenient are going to be most ideal for busy schedules, having some bars on the go and that sort of thing. So don't demonize these like processed things. It doesn't have to be like super organic. I'm out here in Southern California. So I've got a lot of you know, people that are really health conscious, but I think we go off the deep end sometimes and we, again, we make it really challenging for our kids. And then we set up these kind of like disordered ideas of food, um, with our kids. And, and, and so I see like athletes all the time that are afraid of sugar, um, carbs are sugar. All carbs break down into sugar. Sugar is energy for us. Um, and so there's a misunderstanding of there. So I see kids completely avoid enough sugar and they're missing out on carbohydrates that are energy for them. Um, so as parents, I would say like really take stock of what your beliefs are with nutrition and make sure that those are kind of lined up with, um, make sure that you're not carrying over like those dieting beliefs and maybe those incorrect information and applying it to your kid. Who's in a totally different boat than you. If you're not an athlete, if you're just like, if, if you're a mom or a dad and you're a busy professional, whatever, you have a very different, different energy needs, different food needs than your kid does. Who's an athlete. Um, Yeah. So I would say to to really take stock of, of where your beliefs are, um, understand what the nutrition that an athlete really needs and support them, but don't, don't micromanage, don't overdo it. Um, really have those conversations where the kid is starting to make some of their own choices as well. And it's not being completely done by the parents, uh, because if you're completely doing it as well, then your kid isn't necessarily learning anything.
0: Yeah. And would you say it's kind of a, so let's just say less or evil, just because it's easy to say, but you know, with, if you have high school age athletes and kids, it's probably more important that they're eating enough than it is as much about the specific great quality of every piece of food they right. put in their mouth, right? I mean, is that, a, is that an accurate thing to say? I mean, it would be better for them to, you know, even if it is fast food once in a while, like we'd rather see their caloric intake high enough to match their, their needs and, and how active they are over eating super healthy all the time and under eating.
1: Agreed, agreed. That's another one that I definitely see is that, um, especially those super health conscious parents, and that carries over to their kids, that they're concerned with just eating healthy, 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 healthy. And that's wonderful, but those are also a lot of the athletes that I do see that are under eating because they're so hyper conscious and they're focusing in on making sure that everything's perfect that they're missing the bigger picture. You know, um, I like the 80 per- 20 rule where 80% of the good stuff of whole foods and 20% of everything else. We can have fun foods in there, we can have treats in there, we can have some processed foods in there. It's about the totality of the diet and getting enough more than it is making sure that everything is perfect and everything is like the most healthy.
0: Awesome. Okay. So let's one uh, last kind of topic we'll dive into a little bit more specific to our female population. We have a lot of them. Uh, You've been putting out a lot of good stuff. You got a free PDF on that. I think you call it the athlete triad. Um, But it's, it's for female athletes that are hormones are potentially off or they're missing their period. Um, You know, can you dive a little bit into that? And if somebody is experiencing that, you know, you know how the parent or the athlete can be empowered to start making better decisions towards getting that back normalized.
1: Sure. So there's different terms for it. the female athlete triad. We now call it the either the athlete triad or red S, which is relative energy deficiency in sport. Um, and we, we've changed that name because we see that it also can apply to male athletes, but we see it more pronounced and more significantly in female athletes. And it's, it's a triad. It's a triangle. So at the top of the triangle is energy deficiency. Um, not, not getting in enough energy for our both our basic like biological, physiological needs of of all the processes happening in our body before we're doing any exercise, plus energy that we need for daily activities of living, you know, walking around, making meals, whatever, and then our exercise. So we need energy for all of these things. Um, The reason why we can be getting not enough energy could be, you know, intentionally under eating, having an eating disorder, disordered eating, or it can be just simple this of like when we're not getting in enough is our performance suffers our energy we start to feel like low energy fatigued and we might have some weight loss that we're not really trying to lose if we're losing weight in season especially when like our sports really ramping up that could be a sign that too that's a sign that we're not getting enough calories But what happens is a couple different things. If we're chronically, so for a long time, not getting enough fuel, um, we start to see some hormonal dysfunction. And for female athletes, the big red flag is when our period stops. Either when we don't get a period at all, that's called primary amenorrhea. So if you're like 15, 16 years old and you haven't gotten a period at all, um, that's primary amenorrhea, you're not getting a period. If you had your period at one point and then it went away, that's called secondary amenorrhea. Um, and that's if it's gone for three or more months. And that's a big red flag. It's common in athletes. So we often like kind of normalize it and say, oh, it's just because you're training a lot. But that's not true. Um, it's a big, it's a big warning sign for us. And it's something that we shouldn't be ignoring. I know period talk isn't always like, you know, it's not always something that we're comfortable talking about, but we should get more comfortable talking about it because it's a very big like health factor for us. So we see this like hormonal dysfunction we see our menstrual cycle go away and what that ultimately leads to is low bone mineral density so we start losing we start losing calcium from our bones and our bones start to get brittle we can get osteoporosis i've heard of people in their 20s getting osteoporosis from this So bones break down. So another thing that we might see, and another red flag is like um, stress fractures, stress reactions, shin splints, chronic shin splints that won't go away, chronic hip pain that won't go away. Those are all signs that maybe we've got some low bone mineral density. When we're younger, um, up until like our early 20s, we're at like 90 to 95% of our peak bone mass achieved at that point. So it's really important that as a young athlete, you start working on making sure that your bones are solid now. Because you just don't get as much of an opportunity to either to build up that bone mass or to repair like damaged bone mass later in your life. Um, What that can mean is that if you get injured as a younger athlete, like that can be an injury that sticks with you that you're dealing with for the rest of your life. And that could mean that if you have dreams of playing in college or playing at a professional level, that that might not be in the cards for you if you don't deal with this now. Um, so all of those factors are together. Like I said, you can also see it in male athletes, males, you know, their body tends to be a little bit more resilient. So, um, we don't have a period obviously with guys, but we can see testosterone levels tanking. Um, and what that can mean is that it's harder for us to put on muscle mass. It's harder for us to maintain muscle mass. Um, with guys, it can be corrected a little bit more easily. We can get calories in and we can bring those levels up to normal and, and see that our body can progress with females. If our menstrual cycle is gone and we've been under eating for a while, it can take a while to get our period back, but it is really important. Another one thing that I want to mention is that, um, some parents will get their children on birth control if their period is missing and they'll think, okay, well, cool. Now I have a period. That's not actually a true period. That's a withdrawal bleed. So getting on birth control, it does not, is not a solution. It doesn't fix the bone mass. It doesn't fix the under eating. It doesn't fix the hormonal dysfunction overall. Um, so if you are an athlete and you don't have a period, if your child does not have a period and they should have, or they had not and it went away, um, it's time we do some investigating, you know, going in to see your physician, um, working with a registered dietitian. Um, I would really, really highly recommend to set that, to set your kid up for success.
0: Awesome. I think that's really awesome that you kind of are heading that up and putting out information on that. Cause like you said, it's not always comfortable for people to talk about, but it can change kids' lives. So uh, that's why I wanted to make sure we hit that so that the parents and the kids can hear that. And if they do have that issue, they can start to look into it because it might be something that they feel awkward talking about, especially to like me as their strength coach, or they're not going to bring that up and they don't have a diet, like a nutritionist they're working with. So awesome. So if people are listening to this and they're interested in maybe either, sounds like you work with people privately outside on your own as well. Yep. Um, you know, if you're interested in, in speaking to Jessica and working with her, where can they uh, contact or find you at?
1: Sure. So I'm on, um, on Instagram at Jessica, the sports RD, R stand, RD stands for registered dietitian. Um, so Jessica the Sports RD. Also, uh, my website is the RD.com, Um, and then on TikTok at Jessica the sports RD as well.
0: Okay, and I'll and I'll make sure to tag all those up in the show notes. And uh I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that information with us. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Hopefully you were able to take out some information that is really useful to you and applicable to what you're doing right now. Uh, please take the time to leave us a review on whatever platform you're in, share it with your friends, and also check out our websites. We have a lot more information. We have a blog. We have online training programs, remote training. And we work with a lot of people through the Internet. So if you are, are interested in exploring more options with Hanson Athletics, check out HansonAthletics.com. Again, please leave us a review on your podcast listening platform of choice, and have a great day, guys. We want to take a second to recognize our sponsor for this episode, Black Label Supplements. They're a local company here in Idaho with us that have created a all-in-one pre-hustle drink. So that's going to include your BCAAs, your pre-workout, and your creatine. So that's going to allow you to supplement correctly with one dosage, make it super simple and easy to carry around with you. Now, you're going to see a boost in energy. I love this product. Uh, you're not going to have jitters really like some of the other pre-workouts up there. And it's just got everything that you need in it, and it tastes amazing. So check it out, blacklabelsupplements.com. Look up the pre-hustle. Use our code, Hanson Athletics, to get a discount on that. And uh, support a company that really put their time and effort into creating you guys a good product.